Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Our purpose is to have fun talking about small business stuff, particularly the how question. What does that mean? We feature the how question on our on our website and, and of all of our coaching. We're business coaches. And what we're gonna do, what we're gonna do is basically feature that even more so today. You know, my name's Jack Mancini and I'm here with my partner, Adam Sunholder. That's right. Well, people have asked us what we do over the years. We'll often answer with that question. This is we help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. Now, it's rare that somebody goes, oh, okay, and they kind of move on. Usually, like, what the, what the heck does that mean, right? <laughs> unstuck. Uh, yeah. What does it mean? Well, one of, the, one of the biggest dirty secrets of small business is that the owners of, of small companies are usually stuck in a state of how somewhere, or usually in multiple places, where they have lots of how questions. Matter of fact, if you if you start to listen to yourself, or if you're around a small business owner, if you if you just try to keep track today, or even this week, you'll have dozens of how questions that come up as it relates to, to, to running the, the, the things day to day, whether it comes to growing the company, whether it comes to finding good people, whatever it might be, there's usually how questions that, that, that come up. And so part of what, what we're doing here is we're going to start to feature a lot of those how questions in terms of the, these are real life you know, situations of clients of ours that we, we've been dealing with. And this is just in the last week alone that we're going to highlight a couple of questions each week to kind of talk you through them because you know that they are common challenges amongst owners of small companies. Well, well put, Adam. And, and uh, that's what we do. We have a lot of fun with this. And there are so many how questions that have been coming at us for the last 15 years. Adam and I have been together as business coach partners for over 15 years. And we, we have learned a lot from that process. We've owned and operated our own companies, and we sort of know the world very well. And there were so many how questions continually coming at us that we felt that, hey, this is a pretty good way to start. You know, since everyone has how questions, and we encourage you listeners out there to, to call in today, and Adam will give you that information in a couple of minutes, but, uh, you know, to, to come in with your how questions. There's probably, you know, we, we had a game. In fact, we'll probably institute that down the road here. How to stump the coaches, and can you stump the coaches? Can you ask us a question? Not about your product and service. You're the experts in that. But any other business question that we can't help you with. Help you meaning we're going to have a solution framed. If if we can't solve it ourselves, we'll give you somebody who who can solve it. And we have a lot of fun with that stuff. That's why we have fun with what we're doing here. So these how questions are never ending, and there it, it it's so pervasive that we basically uh, feature it on our website, which will also let you know how to get get hold of us that way too. All right. So yeah, as Jack was saying, we, we encourage you to, to to be part of the show. We're here every Monday from noon to one p.m. Eastern. And uh, if you want to reach us here in the studio, the best way to do that is to call four four zero nine four six nine four six eight. Again, that's four four zero nine four six W I N T. Uh, we're on the web. You can check us out there. Uh, MaximumVP.com is our website. And if you prefer, you can email us. If you don't want to be on, on live, you can email us a how question. That email is radio at MaximumVP.com. We, we, we'd love to hear from you. And we've heard lots of them uh, over the years. We also have our own how questions. You know, again, you know, even though he and I have been together for 15-plus years, and we, we, we've been in business together or separately as well, um, we've got decades of experience. We still have how questions each, you know, each day and each week. The, the how questions are, are literally 
endless. Endless how questions. We got a bunch of them, and I know you're stuck in some of them right now, you small business owners out there. So give us a call. Become part of this program if you got a how question. I know you do. You know, I, I know you do. Without even, I don't even have to meet you, and I know you have a, a how question. And when we say small business owners, we aren't talking about somebody under five foot. We're talking about somebody who's been in business, uh, ideally, and they basically have a company that has one to 25 employees, and they can be in any industry because we've, we, we've literally coached hundreds of companies uh, in various industries. As I said earlier, we aren't the experts. We're, we're the people who know business and know how to frame the questions pretty well. We've been very successful with this, and we could help you and have some fun along the way. So give us a call. All right. So, so what do you got today, Adam? What child questions are we going to play around with today? All right. So we're going to start with one here, which I know is near and dear to your heart. It's near and dear to, to, to the heart of many of our clients because it's come up a lot over the years. And uh, I'm mean, I guess our audience is going to is going to relate to this one as well. And that is, how do I deal with all this email? Well, the short answer is get rid of your computer and and uh, <laughs> get out of the whole loop. Emails yeah. emails are. They're terrible. <laughs> that's, they're not terrible. Come on yeah, now. They're, they're terrible. not terrible. They're, they're yeah. terrible because anybody at any time can intrude on you. Okay. Well, All of a sudden, can... you're sitting by your computer, in front of your computer, or you aren't even near your computer, and people are firing away. They feel they have a right to do that and a comfort level. So if you're away from your computer and not answering emails for several hours, you're busy doing other stuff. And you come back, and here's 50 emails that have to be answered. Right. My God, that's depressing. So yeah. how do we handle that? That's right. You got you got you got to be in control. One of the things we talk to our clients about is, are the emails controlling you, or are you controlling the emails? Because yeah, a couple things that you touched on there, Jack, are very important. It is very can be very disruptive and very intrusive, which is a couple ways that I'm sure that. Many of you owners listening right now may, may do this, okay? And you, you, you do it with, with the best of intentions, okay? One thing might be that you've had your email set up so it comes to your smartphone. So Ooh. you're constantly getting dinged and buzzed or whatever, you know, however you're notified that, hey, there's a, there's a new email there. Now, if you're like most human beings, it's very difficult to ignore that ding or that buzz. You know, even if you're sitting somewhere and you're, you're, you're trying not to reach in your pocket or whatever it might be to kind of, just, just take a quick, you know, fast peek at it. You know, it's just, on your just mind. It's there, right? it's, it's there. Yeah, you, you can't help it. Right. So that's when you're not away, or that's when you're away from your office or your desk or wherever it might be, okay? If you're actually there in front of your computer, you're at your desk. Uh, these days, most people have, seems like they've got at least two, if not three monitors up, right? And many folks have email open <laughs> all the time. And so even if you're, you're, you're busy working on something, you have that monitor off to the left or off to the right that has email open, you're going to see a little window. or Again, there's another notification that an email has come through. So how do you, how do you get away from that? Except, you know, from, from our experience, most folks are in one of those two spots, and, they're, and they, they have it like that, where, it's, again, it's constantly there. Constantly pinging intruding, them. pinging, right. bang, bang, ping, and, ping. And it's, again, done with the best of intentions. I wonder. I think it's done non-thinking by many, many people. You know, I come from uh, a different generation where we used to use the phone a lot. And what's I, that? What's I, that? I think that's right, especially <laughs> the dial-ups. 
You talking about the party lines? Rotary phones. Yeah. Party, I go Phone all the way back to yeah. that too. Yeah, right. that was fun. Uh, it's fun talking to, to 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 millennials about party lines. Uh, so what do you mean? Somebody else on the phone with you? Yeah, you say, are you done yet? So I can pick up the phone. Pick and call it up. Somebody. It could be a whole bunch of all, right. all the neighbors around your house could hear anything going on. That's right. But but uh, I'm not advocating go back to that. But I am advocating this. Well, we we in our coaching advocate this. There's nothing that can't wait 24 hours. It's well, what rare. What's the building burning down, Jack? Well, wait, I okay. didn't finish you. You're jumping oh. ahead of me. All Except right. if the building's burning down. <laughs> <laughs> now, if there's a fire in the place, let's get out of there quickly if we can't uh, put it out ourselves and quit messing around. Outside of that, most things can wait. If I'm expecting a, a, a very significant uh, email, okay, set it up so I know that. Jack, I'm going to send you an email at noon or somewhere between 1 and, and 2 because blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll look for that. But otherwise, if I don't get back to you, so what? You know what happens? The more time that goes by, generally, the less important this email becomes. And it's usually not critical. And if we do have something critical, i got to make sure, and so do you, that I'm aware of the, the importance of something coming up or coming down. And I can put my emails on hold. They'll take care of themselves more often than not. And you know what? I'll find that people don't email me as much either. And I'm okay with that because I would much rather have somebody pick up the phone, give me a call, and say, hey, Jack, what about this or that? It seems harder for so many people today to do that. And I don't know why. It's so easy. It is just so easy. And that alone takes care of emails. At least what it does, it, it puts emails in perspective where I'm controlling them, I'm answering them, and if if somebody keeps uh, emailing me, you know, it, it, it's not going to change. I mean, I'll, I'll see them or talk to them the next day or, or somewhere during the week. Or if it's so important, they'll finally call me. Well, that's what should have been done in the first place. And then some nice Sunday evening when I have a couple hours to spare, I'll go through and clean up my, my emails and I'll be ready to go the next day. Yeah, so, you know, do you, is your... I would say you're pining for the old days. We're talking about the old days where you had just phone. Okay, so you had a phone call. Now today we have phone calls. Email is one form of communication. You've got text, instant messaging. You've got Facebook. You've got LinkedIn. You have all these different expanded technologies that are all, again, I think done with the best of intentions. But it can become very overwhelming very quickly. And so ignoring emails, that's one, that's one option. Now that may not work for everybody. Okay, And but it's it's certainly an option but it, it, it takes you know, again, to me it, often that's the best place to start give me another option well again that's a, that's a good place to start because people feel overwhelmed so we'll start there take take uh, the, 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 the extreme version just ignore them for now well what mm -hmm. happens often you may get somebody texting you hey did you get my email or they'll call you hey did you get my <laughs> did you get my email so people people abuse how emails, you know, are being used because not e a, not every communication is is meant for the for, for the same kind of things. So I have some good ideas or good suggestions for this, and we'll come back after the break here, Jack, and kind of okay, and, and, give, and give us some ideas. But again, if, if you're out there wrestling with this, and, and we know many of you are, where you've got email that just seems to be dominating, how do I deal with all the emails, you know, that I can respond to, whether it be folks internally, externally? Um, again, customers, vendors, you know, outside, other folks kind of going on. Just be able, be able to deal with all that email is a key thing. So stick around. When we come back, we're going to be delving into that a little bit further and give you some, some helpful hints 
or ways to, to try to deal with that aside from just ignoring it. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We'll help you get unstuck from all those how questions in your business. Hey, give us a call at uh, 440-946-9468. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP, Most Valuable Player. Think of it that way. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies, defined as 1 to 25 employees, get unstuck from the state of how. We're playing around with a bunch of how questions here, and uh, you know, we'd like you to be part of this. Part of this group of how questions, I know you have them, 440-946-9468 is the number to call. Adam will give that to you again, but we'd love you to be part of the program with your how questions. That's right. You can fire them in. You can respond to the ones we're talking about here live on the air. We're here every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the number again in the studio here is 440-946-WINT. You go old school with that, too. You go with those call letters like that, right? Try to find <laughs> out what those numbers are on your phone. Are you, if if, if you want right. to if you want to email it into you can do that our email for our radio listeners and podcast listeners is radio at maximumvp.com. All right, so in our last segment we we teed up kind of our, one of our hot questions for the week, which is how do I deal with email? And what I want to do in this segment here is kind of give you some tips as far as ways to kind of deal with that. As we were framing that picture, and Jack gave uh, gave his answer or as far as one of the ways to kind of do it, which is simply to ignore the emails until you're ready to, to deal with them. Which is that's a, again that's a, I'll call that the the exact opposite end of the spectrum between what most folks are doing, which is they're responding to them immediately. So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum, which let's let's ignore them until I'm ready to deal with them. And I'll I'll stand which by okay. that. That's I'll okay. That's okay. Now, not, uh, uh, now what <coughs> what you also have is is uh, you have to have somewhat of a priority. The politics of the world say certain customers or certain bosses uh, uh, may not like to be ignored. So you know you make sure that you do answer those in a fairly timely timely way and again it might be a little lesser than 24 hours but uh, it's okay it's a, it, it's always a, that. it's always a good extreme for us to offer when when we have clients who are whining about the fact that emails are just dominating them right so we'll say hey, we'll start how about if, if you just ignore them again it just it stops the whining and it starts a good conversation to me that's why, that's why it's very very powerful and very effective right so let's start there so <clears throat> One way to do it is is to set some rules. It's something that, that I'm a big fan of. And so what I try to do is I look at email in the morning. I'll usually look somewhere in the, at some point during the day and then in the evening. And I'll tell people, if there's something that's truly urgent, okay, aside from the building being on fire, there's something that, that, that you really need a quicker response on. You know, for me, emails, I'll, I'll give you a 24-hour rule. If you send me an email, I'll look at it and respond to it within 24 hours. So if that's fast enough for you, that's okay, then okay, email them. I'm fine having you email to me. If you want a response faster than that, or hey, you want to talk for a few minutes, okay, there's different ways to get a hold of me. Email is, is, is not necessarily the best place to do it, because chances are you might get frustrated, because I haven't responded to you, because you may have sent it to me at 9.30 in the morning, and I haven't checked email during the day. Good point. All right? Because yeah. I, I don't have it coming to my phone. I don't want to be disrupted by that. So I have to go log in and, 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 and go look for it. 
But you have my cell phone number. Shoot me a text. Hey, you have a few minutes to chat you know, or, or give me a call. So I'll direct people and set the rules for here's how I like to communicate with folks. Here's how I will, will respond so you kind of know going in and, and be able to judge what's the best way to kind of get a hold of me. So I think setting some, some basic ground rules for that is very important. It's very key for a company to be able to do that, be able to, do that too, to have certain ways that you go about that, that, that you go about doing it so everybody's aware. Here's how we approach. Well, if, you're, if your business relies on emails, then it's a whole different discussion. Most businesses don't rely on emails per se to get their orders. And for those businesses, I think we're talking more about that. Well, I'm talking about I, the owners, though, too. I mean, again, if, yeah. if, you have, if you have emails coming in for orders, that's something totally separate. We're talking about here you are trying to run the company, and you're constantly being bombarded by stuff. And, and, and part, of what, what, you know, part of the rule setting could be, look, I don't need to be copied or blind copying all this stuff. Here's stuff I need to know. Don't fill up my, my inbox with, because it becomes depressing. <laughs> you know, all kinds right. of clients talk to go, I've got you, hundreds of emails, all these. hundreds That's of right. them. Right? And right. even to go through and know, it, it, if, it's, if it's junk, yeah, it's quick, but still it takes five minutes. Okay, if it's not junk, i got to go through, okay, realize it's not, okay, it's that 30 seconds adds up times 300 emails. That sure all of a sudden it becomes hours, and you're thinking, and, and, and it's the last thing you feel like doing. Because you know most of them are going to be it, but you got to find that, that important needle in the haystack, so to speak. Here's one I have to really pay attention to or respond to before my brain shuts off, and I kind of <laughs> assume they're all, you know, not looking for, you know, for my comments on. So getting those rules down and saying, okay, here's what things I need to be copied on or, or be made aware of. Yeah, and that those those rules are good. They're helpful. And, you know, to interject, and I know we aren't talking about text, but I like text personally. Uh, I, I respond better in an immediacy standpoint to text. Uh, just like you said, you get a phone call, go look at my email. Or right. I'll get a text, uh, go look at the email. All right, I'll, I'll look at that email for sure. Right. Uh, but the other ones can wait, Adam. You know, I, I haven't... Uh, lost any business of significance through the years because I haven't answered a, an email, uh, you know, before the, the next 24-hour period, and I don't expect I will going forward. You know, it's just, it's it's intrusive on us. It has a, a place, there's no question, but you, you talked about depressing. Nothing more depressing than, than seeing somebody send a three- or four-page email uh, talking about something <laughs> that God knows what. That we're going to need all kinds of clarification anyway, because it's pretty much a one-dimensional medium that that allows you to, you know, you can't really express or see the eyeballs, you can't hear tone inflections, you can't hear so much. So it has a place. We're not we're not saying it doesn't, but well, yeah, uh, you, you have you have some of that. Yeah, you, know, you you can sense a tone, or you know, you know, it's still there how people write. Right, you, you can read into it. It's not not the same as talking to somebody in person for <laughs> sure, but it's got yeah, some of those things. People often will will miss that. They'll miss the tone of their emails, right? So again, it can be can be abusive at times. And so, ignoring is one option. Setting some rules, some ground rules. Here's how communication fits in. And again, from an overall communication standpoint, you know where does that fit in between phone and text and and instant messaging and you know whatever else you use for communication? You know, how should email be used? The third thing for me is 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 um, shut it down. Sure. Oh, so I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm if it's coming to your phone, okay, may, maybe put it to where you aren't getting dinged whenever something comes in. If you're at your desk, and I had a guy years ago who was complaining to me you know, about this whole thing. I talked about the idea of setting some rules, right? I said, why don't you, again, why don't you check it at, at certain times during the day, but then otherwise shut it off. So, you know, that's a great idea, right? Now, 
We got off the phone. First thing he does? I sent him an email within 10 minutes just to kind of check, right? He said, hey, thanks for the the chat. Hopefully you found it to be helpful, right? 30 seconds later, Jack, there's a response. They're addicted. And I, to I responded. Uh, I said, "What are you doing? We just talked about this." He goes, "Oops, sorry." You know, it, he can't. He couldn't. He couldn't help himself because he's so used to having to be in that immediate response mode. Now that's a, that's another how question about how do people change and how can you get people to change? See that how question how it always starts. Okay. But yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, you can present the logic like we do: twenty-four hours rules, all these good good things. But all of a sudden, the, the, and shut it off, shut off the email. Those are good things, but people's habits are hard to change, and they're afraid to do that. Like they're going to miss the sale of the century, or there's going to be an emergency coming through. Somebody's really trying to contact you through email about an emergency. Uh, I would say that <laughs> that relationship isn't going to work out in the long term. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. I agree. That's some good insight. Yeah. All right, so try that. Try either ignoring, setting those rules, shutting it down, and don't be an abuser. That's the thing, too. You know, Jack gave some, some insights to what that might look like, a three- or four-page uh, long email, um, you know, emailing and then CCs and, 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 and yeah, all kinds of copies on everything, you know, copying everybody on stuff. I mean, there's ways to abuse it. So, so if you get those ground rules set up, I think that will help a lot in terms of that. It's, it's worth a discussion. Bring your team together. You know, how should we communicate internally? And have a very good discussion because chances are if you're frustrated about it, the rest of your team's frustrated about it too. It's usually the but case. They, but they're not sure how to bring it up or talk about it. So yeah. put it out there for them. All okay. right. Stick around. When we come back, we're going to delve into another how question uh, for this week. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. And as we said, we're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies, 1 to 25 employees, any industry, Owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how we can help you too. Stay tuned for more dirty secrets of small business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. If you have how questions, I know you do. Uh, Everyone has how questions. How do I hire good people? How do I set my HR policies? How do I find a good lawyer? How do I find a good accountant? How do I read these financial statements? How, how, how? We help get you unstuck and throw throw solutions to you that you you won't even believe it's so simple for us if you have some hot questions of your own that you want to share with us here on the air you can call us here in the studio we're here every monday from noon to 1 p.m eastern the number in the studio is 440-946-9468 if you prefer to do email which we were talking about in the prior segment here our email is radio at MaximumVP.com. We'll be happy to get that how question on the air as well. But as you might guess from our our response to how to handle email before, we aren't going to be live on the air with that. We'll get the email and we, we'll bring it in next week to kind of address it. So if you want to get the question answered right now, it's an emergency for you. best way to do that is call us here in the studio, 
946-9468, and we'll be happy to address it for you here in real time. Good point. All right. So our next how question here is one that, again, it uh, relates to every owner out there. And many of you may have already known about this, but some, you know, quite a few don't know about this. And that is, how do I know when I can negotiate? Negotiation is a key part of running a company. There's chances almost every day to negotiate something. And depending on the situation, how do I know when I can negotiate? And, how do I, and then if I know I can do it, how do I go about doing it? But just, first of all, recognizing the opportunity of when you can go negotiate something. See, I, I, we had a client years ago who had a company that was in trouble, and she was our coaching client, and she was absolutely astonished at how you could negotiate with everybody. Now, what do I mean by in trouble? The company was was losing profits, so their cash flow was negative. They owed a lot of people money. Many of these people were starting to get threatening. You know, uh, we're going to bring my lawyer in this, or you can't do this, and getting more vocal, etc. And she was pretty much overwhelmed and at wit's end. How in the world am I going to get out of this hole? And we said, hey, let's negotiate with all these folks. And we've done it. We can say it that way because we've done it many, many, many times. And I've done it personally with, with some troubled companies that I've, I've been involved with uh, personally. And everything is negotiable. And when you adopt this attitude and you start to, to negotiate the balances that you owe, you're going to find that you can literally have debt reduced and terms reduced and inventory and getting assets to run your business, uh, you know, brought to bear. You can do these things if you're prepared, and you have to be prepared. You can't be a negative old stick-in-the-mud kind of thing in which uh, you're grumpy and demanding and hanging up on people and arguing. You have to have a plan. And that plan, if, if uh, you owe me money and I need to get that money from you, which, of course, I do, I'm open to negotiations, but if you're ranting and raving and say it's unfair and going backwards and trying to nix the deal for whatever reason versus talk to me about a plan, I'm open to it. And why wouldn't that be true for even the most belligerent kind of uh, customers on the other end or whoever's owed money or owed something by you? Anything can be negotiated. I dare you to... to to uh, give me any situation where there's money or value involved that can't be and isn't negotiated somewhere or another. That's right. So it's a very simple answer to the question then, right? How do I know when I can negotiate? The answer is you can always negotiate. Always. But that's, again, just stop there. I mean, your point, Jack, I I recall having that discussion with her. And the look we got back was, again, it was that proverbial deer in headlights look. Like, what what do you mean? I can go negotiate with the IRS? I can negotiate with my accountant. I can uh, negotiate with these vendors. You, with you with mean my I landlord, with the you know, they, they aren't going to kick me out. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, everybody that she owed money to, right? That's said, correct. Absolutely can. Now the way to, to your point, Jack, the way you you approach the different people might be a little bit different, and how much you can push and how, you know, how much leverage you've got. That's always part of the key is kind of knowing when you you know what leverage you have, and a big part of that is being able to put yourself in the other person's shoes. So and I think many owners can relate to that. You, you know, you're you're given situations here, Jack, where you owe you owe somebody money. So I think most owners have been in that si- uh, on the side of the table where, where they're owed money, 
So picture if somebody's coming to you who, who owes you money. Now, if you have somebody who's ducking and dodging and hanging up the phone on you, okay, you're going to take one approach to that. If somebody's very responsive to you, takes your phone calls, you know, is reasonable, is making promises that, that, that they're keeping, again, there's ways to, 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 to approach things. But putting yourself in that person's shoes as well is a good, is a good stance to be able to take, to be able to be... That's, just a, good, that's a good point, Adam. You know, you, you have to. You have to. If, if you owe the money, then you have to be reasonable. And uh, the objective first is to get the person you owe money to at the table so you can start negotiating. If that can't happen, nothing's going to happen. But don't be afraid. Most people are afraid because they aren't, they're, they're afraid to start negotiating or ask to negotiate because they aren't prepared. So if you owe somebody money, you have to have some document in front of you, in front of you, that summarizes your financial position and what you're able to do. And if you, in a nice, rational, calm voice, uh, calm the person down who you owe money, because that person wants to be paid, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's not an unreasonable position, is it? Of course it isn't. So, you know, you, you, you are prepared. You know you owe this person money, and you know because you've done your homework how much you can afford to pay that person. And inevitably, once you start this plan working, there's going to be problems. So if you duck, every time you duck and don't answer and don't keep that person informed, you multiply your chances of, of a, an unsuccessful settlement here versus... Hey, Adam, you know, I know I just told you two months ago that I could pay you $1,000 a month, but this and this happened. You know, I'm sorry. I, I, I feel bad about it, but I'm going to have to miss next month, or I'm, I can only give you 500 What's Adam going to do? Going to start screaming and calling me an SOB? We, we've known a few Adams who do that. And what we do then is uh, hang up because chances are things aren't going to get too good from there. But chances are, Adam, he won't like it, but he'll agree. Why not? Otherwise, I get paid zero. At least if I got you paying something, you're paying something. There's a there's a certain mindset to that, right? If if you're used to paying something versus paying nothing, that's right. Or you getting to the bottom of the bottom of the pile, because chances are, you know, if you owe me money, you probably owe money to other people, other people too. That's right. So I don't want to be there, uh, Adam. What what's Adam's recourse? He's going to sue me. Well, in most counties, uh, you know, the, the, the lawsuit process is going to take a year or so, at least many, many times longer than that to uh, get to any legal status. And even then, it basically uh, takes a while to get it settled and collected, and it could be years. Now, why in the world, if I'm owed money, would I want to go that route? And I got to skim money off the top to pay the help that I need to process this, et cetera, et cetera. I'd much rather work with you if you make yourself workable with. So that's one situation I'll call that. I'll call it more of, you know, you got like some turnaround stuff kind of going on. Yeah, but from a normal a normal day-to-day -day business standpoint, you know, we've got a client um, who, you know, buys a lot of parts and pieces from automobile-related suppliers. It's important to understand the person you're talking to and what their motivation is. Now, one of the negotiating strategies our client has had for years is they'll build up a... A, a nice inventory of stuff or kind of money that's owed to this, this supplier. And then as the end of the year comes by, they know that, that many of their suppliers like to have a clean set of books going into the next year. So if they owe them $10,000 for parts that, that, that they've bought throughout you know, the last several months, they know that come December, they can pay 
maybe 8,000 for those 10,000 worth of parts because the, the person on the other side is motivated to get all their books cleaned up. And so, you know, forgiving a couple thousand dollars from their standpoint is worth it to have a clean set of books versus having to, to take $10,000 into the next year. So it's very important, again, what I mentioned before about being, you know, uh, in the other person's shoes, understanding what's, you know, what is motivating and driving them. So as you talk to them, understand, okay, well, you know, what's, what, what's key to them? So do you have vendors like that who, again, they, they, they have a certain way that, that they like to operate, and especially in the case of bigger companies like that, there are often some numbers that are very key to them. And again, so they're willing to take a little bit of pain in the short term to, re- to avoid any bigger pains kind of coming down the road. Yeah. Do you, do you think anyone out there, any in our listening audience here, has basically uh, problems with negotiation? And even the thought that everything can be negotiated, even with the IRS, if you owe the IRS money can be negotiated. Um, there's, there's, there's nothing, we, we keep repeating that because it's so true, that can't be negotiated. And it's in your best interest to do that. So if you're running your company well, chances are you're making opportunities for yourself by looking at money's owed, money's uh, you know, to be received. You might need cash faster. You, you could create incentives to you know, get that money faster. There's, there's nothing that can't be worked out. Nothing. All right. All right, when we come back on the other side of the break here, what we'll do is we'll give a couple more examples of situations where you can negotiate. Again, this is the, the how question, how do I know when I can negotiate? And our overall answer is basically you can ne- negotiate everything. We'll give you some different examples of where that, that might hold true as well. So stay tuned. When we come back, we'll be delving into that a little bit more, give you a few more situations of where you may not knew that, may not have known that you can, you can negotiate, but we'll talk about it. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we would love to help you get unstuck from all those how questions I know, we know, that you have in your business. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's so I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We are business coaches, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. What the heck does that mean? All the how questions that, that come into your life every day with and without your business, but we're focusing on your business. Those how questions are what we do. We, we frame an answer and a solution to those how questions and get you on your way. So you should give us a call. Uh, the how questions come up all the time. I just had one now listening to Johnny Mathis coming in here with this Christmas music. And that was growing up in my house as, as a kid, my parents loved listening to Johnny Mathis Christmas. So whenever I hear those songs, it always brings me back. Now, my, my wife is not very fond of Johnny Mathis, right? I, we described him yesterday as having a very silky kind of voice, right? So how do I get her to like Johnny Mathis? You got all kinds of how questions, Jack. It could be in your personal life as well as your business life. So those are, all, and some are tough to answer, over. you know. All right, so we were, we, were, <laughs> we were talking about how do you know when you can negotiate? And our simple answer was you can negotiate everything in business. And we're given some different examples. We gave a few examples in terms of if you're in some trouble maybe, maybe behind some of your bills, ways to kind of go about doing that. And you can negotiate with everybody from the IRS to your CPA to your landlord to everybody else in between. We're giving some examples, um, and we'll talk some more about this here in this segment too, in terms of 
more kind of day-to-day stuff. So if you have some vendors or in, if, if there's some bigger companies that their suppliers are yours, understanding the timing of their year ends and, and how they want to have their books cleaned up to where you may be able to negotiate a little bit of a discount on stuff that you've bought in the past haven't paid for yet. So just being aware of uh, from your vendors or supplier standpoint is kind of where they're at. So being aware of that. One of the things we have with a lot of our clients, again, most of our clients are smaller companies, smaller being anywhere from 1 to 25 employees, but many of them deal with bigger companies okay, that have thousands of employees, or maybe they're public companies or Fortune 1000 companies, so, so big companies. They often feel very, um, I don't know if inferior is the right word or not, Jack, but again, they, they, they almost feel like they can't do they anything. They feel intimidated. Kind of, yeah, okay, they, they feel intimidated by the, the whole process. And, you know, it's... I mean, where we sit in the world, anything's negotiable. So why would you, as a small business owner, be afraid to talk to a customer that you, you have an agreement on price terms and delivery, whatever else, uh, the, the type of product or service? Why would you be afraid to talk to that customer? Hey, Adam, you know, I, I know we've been working under this contract or agreement for six months now, but I, I came up with an idea over the weekend. Uh, it might be win-win for both of us. I think it is. Let me tell you what it is. That's a negotiation. What's wrong with that? And do you think like that? And are you afraid to put that forth to somebody? And I'm going to guess most people, they're afraid to take a creative idea and put it out there. So they live with what they have. And then they grumble about it. And they whine. And then that makes me mad. So you don't want to do that. Then you got to negotiate with us. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we've had clients go to, you know, typically if you go to a big company, they've got their own terms, how they how they, right. they, they like to pay. And even then, they'll often drag it out a bit. Hey, you can only bill me once a month. And when you do, from the time that you bill me, it'll be 90 days, 120 days that we'll actually cut checks. And we only cut checks on the third Tuesday of the fourth month. Or, again, they have all these, all these rules. crazy rules, right, that you got to jump through all these kind of hoops. And so... It's very important up front to be aware of that and you know, as, you're, as you're getting into something before they, they do become a client. And depending what position you're in, if you have a pretty unique service or product, you have some leverage in terms of, okay, well, it won't be mis- maybe that they won't come to your terms if your terms are more like, hey, let's be paid in five days or 15 days. But you can find, you can move them off their, their current terms. Would you say most people, I, I would say, I'll answer my own question, most people think of negotiation as something they do when they're they're behind the eight ball. They can't pay and they can't uh, deliver, their inventory is out, whatever the case may be. That's when they feel they should negotiate rather than flip the, the other side and look at when you're providing a service or a product, there's all kinds of opportunities to enhance that, that delivery and or experience. And so you should feel very comfortable with negotiation and always look to be able to do that, not just the negative side. So, you know, it... it uh, I, I think a lot of folks... I, I contend most people are just afraid to do it. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they, they might be afraid of offending somebody. You know, you know, we get into this a lot. You know, let me transition here real quick. We, we, we help a lot of folks when they go to look to buy a company. Right. And many of our current clients that have companies already that as they look to grow and expand, whether it be their their current service offerings or, or products or, or to get into, into some new ones to go out and look to buy a company. Or if you're, if you're coming out and you want to buy a company, you know, for yourself, you're, you're, you're on your own now, you're, you want to have your own company. One of the first things we do is get them into the point of starting to, to, to make offers. 
And you know, usually when you go at the, at the level we're talking about with smaller companies, usually there's an asking price. And eight times out of ten, the 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 the, the seller, potential seller, can't really defend that asking price. But you, you can always ask them what you know, kind of where it's at. But we encourage our clients to make offers. And often the offers are going to be very different from what maybe that, that, that seller's asking for. Very different. And one of the questions we get or the, the, the pushbacks we'll get from our clients will be, well, you know, I don't want to offend them, Jack. Or I don't want to embarrass them. He's, yeah. he's asking $2 million for this company. And by all sane valuations, uh, the company's worth a million. And he's afraid to offer the guy... You know, a million five. I mean, it's, he's, right. he's, he's, it, it makes no sense to us. And we, we give that knowing smile like, hey, come on. Oh, well, but I, I think that, that to me, that, that mentality spills into day to day business too. I don't want to offend, you know, if Jack's going to be, you know, you know, a good supplier for me, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to start things off bad or, or offend him or make him think that I'm, you know, having some troubles. Where, where might be? There, there's all this, Garbage in, in in the owner's minds is kind of going through that, uh, you know. That's just not. It's just not true. We'll <laughs> call it. We'll call it inexperience and put it under that umbrella of everything's negotiable. Right. So if everything's negotiable, then that's what you should be doing, looking for ways to yeah. to uh, make the deal different, and it's okay. Plus, it's a lot of fun, and it could be very profitable, and usually is. That's one of the things that, that, that most of our clients talk about in terms of one of the, the great benefits they have of working with us is they've learned how to negotiate things and when they can do it, and they get very confident in it. Even to the point where we had a client a couple months back was talking about how he almost felt bad for the person he was negotiating with because they were, you know, they were not used to it. And so, again, he wasn't doing anything abusive. That was say, you know, he had an idea of what this thing should look like, and he wanted to get his terms and his way, and that person was good. He's almost like, you know, here, here he was, this... You know, lion coming in and you know being very <laughs> nice to the lamb and you know didn't want to hurt her and everything else. But it's like okay. Well, we we've helped clients and we continue to buy companies and in many cases they buy them for nothing. What? How can you buy a company for nothing? So that's a how question you just asked, Jack. That that's right. That's, that's exactly right. That's <laughs> one of the how questions we'll be covering down the line here. But how do you do that? Well, the heart of it is negotiating. And negotiating isn't just laying out a price and a piece of paper and be timid. It's being confident and have a story and say, here's what I think this is worth and here's why and understand the other person's position. Uh, you know, why are they selling? Why are they doing what they're doing? The more you understand about the person across the table, the better your negotiation. And if you're a fair-minded person, and we, we feel we are, uh, you know, value is a, a very fleeting, subjective thing. Uh, it isn't just black and white. It seems like it's structured that way, and that's where the the comments about, yeah, I'm afraid that he might be embarrassed uh, or I'm, I, I might offend him if I give him a low price. It's total nonsense. Right. You know, you have something in front of you. You want it. The person across the table is trying to get rid of it, and somehow you come together. And you really can, and we've done it a number of times. I have done it personally. You can buy a company for $0 down. Sound like a TV commercial, selling right. uh, whatever. But uh, <laughs> we've commercial. done it in very legitimate uh, uh, situations here. We can probably do it for you too if you're of the right mindset. All right. So those are uh, those are two very powerful how questions that that, that that we get a lot that we've had a chance to cover here today, Jack. Which is how do I deal with email and all those electronic communications that are out there, as well as how do I know when I can negotiate? 
So we touched, again, like we do many times here on our show, we, we kind of touch at a very high level, but give some very real examples of that. And knowing that, hey, these are all things you can be dealing with, and, and there are answers to these questions. So as you wrestle with those how questions, it's key for us to be able to help you out. And if you, you, know, you want to join us in future shows, you're more than welcome to do that. And how do they do that, Adam? How do they join us? That's right. Give us a call here in the studio. It's uh, 440-849. Oh, hold on. Yes, eight four nine. Oh no, nine four six nine four six eight. Excuse me, I had the, r- the wrong Hit that number. One Jack. Again. Hit that All right, four four zero nine four six nine four six eight. And we're not in the studio. You can reach us too at eight seven seven eight four nine zero six seven zero. That's eight seven seven eight four nine zero six seven zero. And check us out online at maximumvp.com. We've been getting emails to our website from from listeners here, and we're going to start to incorporate those into the how questions. Uh, you know, g- give us a call live on the radio. That'd be great. If not, email, even though it might not be open for a day or so. Uh, give us a shot. All right. You can get it. If you missed any part of this show or future shows, you can get it on iTunes or you can look at the archive section of wintradio.com. Okay. Learn more dirty secrets of small business next Monday at noon. Thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM and or 101.5 FM and WINTradio.com. Thanks a lot, folks.